Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Breakout Con 2019. Episode 200, Publishing on a Tight Budget. Presented by Todd Crapper, Tim Rodriguez, and Cheyenne Grimes, with moderation by Bronwyn Friesen. games on a tight budget panel. Um, I, I'm Bronwyn Friesen, I uh, publish games on a budget myself, and uh, I will be the moderator of this lovely panel here. Um, with me, uh, I have three lovely panels, we'll be introducing you, uh, themselves to you in just a second. Um, I was actually hoping that as a quick icebreaker we could have you give your name, your pronouns, your company name, and your favorite cold food. Just to get words flowing. For one second. Oh. Let's see if your mic is actually oh, on. Is it, is it not on? No, oh, dang. It's be, oh. This one. This one's on. I can't hear you. That's fine. That one's <laughs> fine. You're good. Did anybody need to repeat all that? Should I go again one more time? Okay. All right. Okay. I will start. Um, I am Cheyenne Grimes. Uh, they, them pronouns. I am, I believe, the glitter half of Glitter Cat's Fine Amusements. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know if this counts as food, but ice cream has to be my favorite that's cold food. Thing. Yeah, totally. So, you yeah. eat it. I have, yeah, I, have exactly. a degree, I have a degree in food. I guarantee you that's food. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, my name is Tim Rodriguez. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and uh, I am the co-owner of Galileo Games, and uh, my favorite cold food is Spam Musubi. Interesting. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. It's not Everybody really cold, Google but it's that certainly quickly. not hot. Yeah, it's like an onigiri, but from Hawaii. Oh, okay. And made with Spam. It's so good. Uh, my name is Todd Crapper. Yep. Um, I go by the pronouns of he, him. Uh, I, uh, my company is Broken Ruler Games, and my favorite cold food, I would say, would be the chicken korma that I haven't quite nuked up in the microwave yet. <laughs> I like that. That's See? a good answer. Thanks. Nice. It's technically mm-hmm. accurate. Very good. Very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, to get things started, I was wondering if uh, each of you could take a little time to tell us about a project that you did on a budget, just uh, a few short words about one. Sure. Sure. Um, my company has now done two uh, completed Kickstarters, and we have these games that are a little bit more elaborate, and the only game that I have with just my name on it is called Fool's Journey. It's a 12-page uh, storytelling game about using the major arcana from tarot decks to tell stories and um, it literally cost us a dollar eighty to get it printed at copies on Carson in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania we literally just do it at a copy store we do the front page full color gloss and then the inside is black and white and I am so thrilled to have a game that costs under two dollars to make it's just really nice that's superb. Yeah. Uh, I run on a little bit different version of a budget. Um, but so I did actually, um, I did a game called Omega Zone, which is a fate accelerated setting, but it uses entirely cards for all character creation. And card decks are kind of expensive to do. Um, and it's, and using cards and all illustrations means that you start looking for your friends who are artists. Uh, 
and you know um, the we did uh, a Kickstarter for that, and it was it was it was no dollar eighty to 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 create, um, but like it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely on on sort of a budget, and we had to make certain allowances for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, publishing on a very tight budget is kind of a specialty of mine, I guess. Um, so I would say half the games I make are done on a budget of opening up my pocket and seeing what I got. Um, and in fact, I have a product line called Fragments that is specifically nothing but. You know, I try and keep it so that, you know, I maybe get some kind of cover art that's maybe like 20 bucks, and then the rest of it I just whip together myself. Um, but I'd say the one that I'm most proud of is um, back in 2012, I did a game, Killshot. Um, I kickstarted it with a goal of $800 because I set my bar low. And I ended up raising 1500 out of it. And I ended up winning an any award for that. Um, so I feel like kind of mission accomplished that way. But that was very much a case of I just needed artwork because I can't draw for shit. <coughs> And everything else I just kind of did myself. So, yeah, it's, you know, that's the one I'm actually the most proud of overall. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so, just uh, I, I figure, like, we all have our process for, for getting games on a budget done, um, but it can be hard to just kind of get going in the first place. So, when you know that you're going to have to be publishing on a budget, where do you even start? Start with your budget. With your budget. Yeah, like if you know that you're going to be tight on money, know where you're going to spend that money, right? Um, so, so like I said, like my the, the the stuff that I'm working on now tends to be a little bit sort of uh, it's it's I'm not doing two dollar games like as as publishing. Like I'll I'll still write games that can fit into that, but like that's not the bulk of what I'm producing nowadays, and it's so important to like. If, 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 like, if, when money is a concern, you have to know where it's going. Um, you know, if you're going to spend $60 on art out of, like, the $100 you have in your pocket that you're going to put into this game, lock that out. Lock that out. Um, then you have $40 for, you know, all of your sort of regular costs, your printing. You know, if you leave yourself nothing for printing, like, congratulations, you've got a game on your computer somewhere. Uh, which is fine, but <laughs> not necessarily helpful. So, like, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I would also say know where you can cheat. Um, you know, so, for example, if it's something that you want to be able to make a physical copy of something, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to do an offset print run. Mm -hmm. There's print-on-demand, that's an option now. And if that's, you know, acceptable for you, you know, then there you go. You've got an option. Um, and especially now too, you can do hard covers, soft covers of a whole bunch of different sizes. You can even do square books in print on demand through Lightning Source. Um, you know, if you know somebody who owes you a couple of favors, uh, sweat equity is an awesome way to be able to kind of favors are cheat. So good. Oh, favors, favors are, are so good. Excellent. Especially, too, if it's a favor where somebody screwed up real bad and they owe you a favor. <laughs> but at the same time, too, you know, wherever your strengths lie, so if you're more of the writer-designer and you know someone who is more of the, the design and the artwork, that's where you can be able to kind of do the sweat equity. I'll give you this in exchange, you give me some of that. So, I mean, for me, it, I always find, where can I cheat 
so that I don't have to worry about the dollar cost for that and still get the, the quality of what I'm looking for. One of the other things that I always always want to make sure that I point out is that um, a lot of times you also have to think about the audience that you are making this game for. Of course, you're making the game for yourself. That's fine. Who's going to buy your game? What kind of budget do they have? In, in the world of Kickstarter and people giving to Patreons and things like that, and then even the Kickstarter chain, like, the seas of Kickstarter are beginning to shift in the indie world. Like we had the whole big zine quest thing that just happened. And I have a feeling that's going to become a much more predominant thing. Um, knowing that you, you have in your head this $30 a book game in your head. If all of your friends just want to get the PDF for $5, that makes a difference. So if you make something that's not $30 a book, but $15 a book, that's the difference of getting someone to actually buy the book as opposed to just getting a $2 PDF. So there are things like that that can also kind of shift your budgetary, just what you're even thinking about doing is always a really good process. I want to I jump back to favors real quick, um, <laughs> just because I think it's a really, really important topic. Um, the easiest and most effective way to get favors from people is to do people favors. People owe me tons of work because I do favors for people all the time. Like, like I love doing people favors. It's great. It feels good. You're helping somebody out. You make, like, they become better friends because now they owe you something, right? And great, you like each other and now you hang out more. Like, this is all good. Um... But like, like, if then they also owe you something that you can kind of cash in on and like help produce something, like you can bring them into that, and that's awesome. Yeah, there's yeah. also too that there are people who are really, really eager to get into the industry in some way, shape, or form, and I find that's especially true with editors, um, which is a really important commodity. Um, and you know there are people out there who their rates are not set at professional levels because they know that they don't have the resume to back it up. Um, so you can hire them, and they're very good, high-caliber editors. Um, they just don't have the credentials yet to really be able to charge whatever it is the the going rate is actually supposed to be. I don't know what the going rate is. Do you know what the like what what professional editing rates look like nowadays? I've heard such a variety on it, and most of it has been copy editing, which is it's one kind of editing. It's one right? kind yes. of editing. Developmental developmental editing is you know a horse of a different color. Yeah, very different. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, because really, for the most part, you know, I've just worked with people who I know that have, that they're good grasp of the English language that I not, not, not got. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen what we're paying the editor for our new book. I, we're right. in the process. We don't have the things for her to edit yet. So. Yeah. For reference, like the rates that I know are that I've seen one cent a word to as much as 10 cents a word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, like... It's it's not it's not a guarantee of quality either way. It's mm -hmm. it's just what people can command. Yeah. yeah. Which and and it depends on what kind of stuff they're doing too. Yeah. Right. But it also too and it, it starts to create that same kind of loyalty. Like you know whoever it was that first gave you your big break, 
Um, you know, for sure, they're the kind of person where if you find yourself in a jam later on, and they are, you know, at that level where they can charge that premium rate, they'll just be like, you know what, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gotten on this project, which would have got me in this mm -hmm. project. So you know what, I'm going to help you out with that. That's out. another yeah. one of those kind of favorite things. But it's also too anything that you can do to you know help. But like, move yeah, other it's it's along. networking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, actually, uh, following up on some of that. Um, I was actually wondering, uh, so with, with you know, stuff like, uh, the, like the sharing economy and, and exchanging favors and also with uh, seeking out uh, new up-and-comers, uh, how do you ethically avoid exploiting uh, the skills of these people while, while you know, still engaging in, in reasonable trade? I find constant name-dropping, constantly making a point and making sure that they're included whenever you're talking about something. Um, you know, so when you're talking about, you know, working on the writing of the game, you know, use that as a segue to start mentioning about, you know, other people and their essential involvement uh, in the process. Um, and I think this is one of those areas where, you know, your use of social media and the whole constantly tweeting about stuff as you're working on things, that's really the time to start, you know, adding that person. You know, because then eventually someone who is interested in what you do will check out what they're doing. Um, I find also, too, is like bringing them in, the decision-making involved with that, where it's like, you know, it is your game and everything like that, but at the same time, too, if you just make something that just exists solely in your head and you're only listening to the own voice in your head, you know, you're not necessarily listening to, you know, the, the pros and cons that you might not have considered. So, you know bring them in and make them as much a part of it as possible. It's no different you know, than playtesting in the sense of like you can take some of that feedback, you don't necessarily have to use all that feedback, but the more included you can make them feel into it, it's more than just like, look, just edit the frickin' words and then be done with it, okay, and then go. <laughs> you know, you're saying like, no, 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 this is important, I need to know, does this actually make sense when you read this, how does this feel, and what would you recommend doing instead, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. make them a part of the process. Yeah. Um, and kind of on the opposite side of when you're bringing in like newer talent that's looking to get into the industry. Um, with our last Kickstarter, we needed to do a new set of cards that have kittens on them. And um, because our contract with our first artist was we will commission you to do this deck. We will do a print run of 500. And then once we are done with this, the card rights go right back to you. You are free to do with those images as you wish. And she has, in fact, uh, she has a print run of the first set of cards. We decided with the second book, let's get a new artist. Let's, let's do this again with somebody else. And we managed to come across a girl who um, is fresh out of art school, extremely talented. And when we first came to her and said, this is our idea, it's, you know, cards front and back, all of this stuff, tried to give her all the details, she came back with a, to us with a quote, and we both just looked at it and went, oh, no, 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 that is far too less. That is far too little money. And the first thing we had to do was be like, okay, so we, you're new, and I, I know you think this might be worth your time. It's not. Here, we're going to give you a different quote and be like, this is more along the lines of what you should be asking for the amount of work that we are asking you to do. So one of the things you can do is help educate people that are in getting into the industry or looking to get into it and make sure they're not selling themselves short. Um, 
I, I am a, I am 100% online with Tim about favors and doing all of these things. I, I, social commodity is a big thing, but just making sure that newer people coming in know that yes, doing favors is great. This is what we do. This is part of how this industry functions. If you feel you're being taken advantage of, please talk to somebody, please reach out about it because we will tell you if that's happening yeah. and we don't want that to become something that becomes commonplace. It, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a big naysayer on the sharing economy uh, because if you look at who profits from the sharing economy, it tends to be people who are able to insert themselves as middlemen and take a cut of whatever little amounts of uh, currency are being shared or like are being shared like in that process. Uh, PayPal, takes cuts. Uber, Lyft, take cuts. Uh, Fiverr is atrocious about its cuts. Um, like, sharing economy is great, and I love, like, being able to, like, find new people and, like, uh, work, but but watch where that money is going. That, I think, is kind of a really big thing. Um, I think one of the biggest things you can do, like you, like we were saying, educate, educate people. Um, some resources on that are like the IGA graphic design manual. You can find it at a bookstore and like look it up. They release a new one every year and they have professional rates for things. And I can't afford most of those rates because I'm not a corporation, but I can say here are what professional rates look like. Let's make a deal because I can't afford these. Um, but you know, it's like here, what's, What's something, uh, what does it cost to like design a full color piece of artwork for, that's going to like be produced in quantities of 10,000? $150,000, great. Guess that is out of my budget. But, um, but like that's, not, like money is obviously not the only thing, no, right? And uh, yeah, like uh, everybody was saying, like name dropping. Yeah, like we're all on the same page here. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> You're both right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, name dropping is huge. Helping yeah. educate people is yeah. huge. Um, I, I don't go around asking for favors much. Like, I try to pay people as close to professional mm -hmm. rates as possible. And when I can't, I try and work something out that works with my budget, mm -hmm. like a royalty, so that when I'm getting revenue from product, I can share that revenue. Right. Yeah. Eventually, and that's tricky and complicated, and yeah. does not necessarily work well. Yeah. No. It's 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 when got it its can. own problems, and that's yeah. that's yeah. a whole nother topic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm like, mm -hmm. I I can only pay you six cents a word on this. I can't afford a seventh cent right and, now. And the key about that too is that eventually, if it turns out that you are somebody fully capable of doing ten cents a word mm -hmm. or some kind of thing like this, eventually the word's going to get out there that yes. you're just lowballing everybody. Oh yeah. You know, oh, that's that's definitely that eventually does backfire because yes. word of mouth becomes huge in the freelance market. Yeah. Like I do a lot of freelance um, graphic design work, pretty much exclusively for RPG publishers, and I base a lot of that all on word of mouth. You know what mm -hmm. I know about working for certain other people, and I have actually turned down some work simply because it's like I haven't heard great things. Um, no, I think uh, I think I'm busy at that time. Yeah. No, you it's know. it's definitely it's definitely true. Like watch out for yourself like you know caveat emptor but like what i don't know what the seller version of that is um, 
Yeah. 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 Hmm? Was there anything about it? No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 cool. Um, so when you have like a, a, a vision of your, of your final thing and, and not everything is that you want in the end is going to fit into the budget, um, what areas do you like really prioritize on and, and, like, and refuse to skimp on? And I guess additionally then, what areas are you more willing to cut back on or skimp down on? Or you just never end up with a place where your vision outfit uh, is, is, is greater than your budget? <laughs> I would say, if anything, and it's not something that I... I'm not going to say this in the sense of like, oh, totally cut this out. Um, but it's where I've ended up cutting out simply because um, I'm, I've discovered is like I really need to learn a lot more about project management and planning and stuff like this. But the last uh, game that I put out really did not have enough artwork really really didn't and when it finally was all laid out and I'm I was flipping through the actual pages and I'm looking at this like fuck me I've got like 25 pages with no artwork whatsoever but then I've got you know and it was just like so I mean that's the, the area that I've cut because I knew that it's like if I put in more artwork I would have to make the book smaller and then and I was already feeling like I had to cut out so much already as it was um I think it's one of those things, in hindsight, I've had a few people make, you know, uh, give me a few examples, like Dungeon World, for example, is really thin on artwork, and they found a way to pull it off, and I think because they realized, no, we're not going to have a lot of art, we just need enough to have, like, you know, one for every chapter and we're good. Um, so, um, yeah, that's the one area. They, they totally say. cheated. Oh, they totally, yeah. so totally you, did. So you and wanted, we all hate and love them for it. You, no, no. Nobody notices that they cheated. No. You know, and you know why? It's because they've got rune things on every other page. Yeah. They, they've got like these little... Sim, it's uh -huh. it's not even... I don't even... Like, I can draw that, right? Like, I draw that right now. It's a circle with like, you know, this. Like, congratulations. I use that with like a brush stroke in any painting project. Boom. I have art on every other page. Yeah. Done. Right? Like, I've got tons of ways to cheat. Yeah. Tons of ways to cheat. So it, it does seem that, you know, cutting the art budget is a way of, you know, being able to kind of make that necessary sacrifice because when it comes down to it, you know, the game might not necessarily be playable if you cut out some of the text. Yeah. You know, the yeah. game is going to read craptacular. It's okay, I can use that word. If you don't pay your editor as much or don't get as much edited. You know, but yeah. when it comes to artwork, you know, it's like, it does seem like it's a little bit more acceptable. We don't all have to look like D&D 3rd Edition, which is what we were all trying to do in the 2000s. <laughs> and that's why half the people who published in the 2000s aren't with us anymore. So... You know, it, Publishing it really just, can literally kill you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, I, welcome to the, welcome to the yeah, reveal. It's really yeah. fun. It, it seems to be like the most acceptable way in order to make a cut. It seems mm -hmm. that way. Um, I know the first Laser Kittens book. We, um, the artist that we went with is a local friend of ours, and um, we had sold like an upper tier of like get a picture of your cat in it, and we ended up tacking that in as art things like that where you can do creative little side steps where you know if, if you are doing like a kickstarter or something where it's like oh at this level you can get a you know a little bit more money and you get to do this thing a lot of times putting incentives like that 
for people to be able to buy into is also a great way to fill some of your pages with art that are of other people's cats, which will make them enormously happy for the rest of their lives to be able to look, my, my cat's in this book. And sometimes coming up with things like that, which you ultimately get other people to pay for for you, is also a, a good kind of sidestep as well. So. Mm -hmm. I hate cheating. Right, like it's, in terms of like cutting I things, know. Um, which is why I figured out so many ways around it. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. part of that, part of that is favors. Um, uh, part of that is um, so. So honestly, the the space I like really hate to make cuts is kind of like like my final book quality. Yeah, like I will spend like. A little bit more on the much nicer paper that really hits and really sings, um, yeah. and and I will I will I will let other things go um, ahead of that. Um, yeah, you can't always you can't necessarily cut your game up, but often there are pieces of your game that are not critical to the teaching or. Um, like yeah, cheating cheating artwork. Cheating artwork is a really useful skill. Apocalypse World's totally cheating artwork cheated artwork. Apocalypse World takes photos of their friends dressed up in cool post apocalyptic gear and then applies a couple of Photoshop filters to just like make it like black and white. It's a super quick cheat. If you've got like iPhone, there's a thing called um was it it's it's one of the Adobe things and it's awesome. Um it's like uh, Adobe uh, Capture. It's Capture. And what it'll do is you use your phone camera to take a vector image. And so you can go and take something cool like a microphone and get like a super high contrast like piece of vector artwork with a phone snap. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's super cool. You can do that with people. I've done it with, like, I've done it with so many things. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, so looking back a little bit. Um, I think at least Todd mentioned uh, print on demand, and I'm not sure either. I can't recall if I if not, mentioned um, not specifically. But uh, I was just wondering, like, are there any when uh, when choosing print on demand, uh, like because you're working on that uh, in that budgetary constraint, are there any very specific struggles to print on demand services? <laughs> yeah, the quality is not is not equal to an offset print run. Um, and who you talk to as far as like, you know, which POD printer is the best to use can vary. So I've talked to some people who say lightning source sucks. Don't use lightning source. But I myself, you know, generally prefer to use lightning source because I, I haven't had any issues with it. Um, but at the same time too, most of these print on demand printers are run by robots. There's, Nobody who's, you know, my understanding of it, there's nobody who's really aware of how the process works. There's no real pre-press operation that goes on. Basically, your file just gets scanned through the computer, and it's just going to get run off as is. So an example I have of this is that uh, the last game I did, High Plane Samurai, I wanted to offer a full-color, hardcover version of the book for, you know, very exclusive backers. That thing was a five-month catastrophe of getting copies back with this weird 
there's no other word to use but fucked up. Giant white boxes, things were missing, and for no reason whatsoever should have this ever have passed a human set of eyes to say, I'm sure the person wanted text to just kind of disappear, sure. And any time that I would write back and say, well, what's going on with this? They're like, we don't know. The computer didn't like it. And then that's it. And then I just got to try again. You know, like, well, let's try this export setting. Let's try this export setting. Oh, and by the way, your PDF preset has to be something that existed 15 years ago. And we've overcome that obstacle, you know. So, I mean, you're really just dealing with... The printers haven't. Yeah. Their hardware hasn't. No. Yeah, their hardware's old. It it is. So, I mean, like, you know, you're you're dealing with basically that if if there's a problem with the book, um, and I eventually had to get to the point that I just had to, to scrap it all together and say, I can't. I can't waste any more time or money to get all of this done. Like, I, I blew through my windfall budget, you know, um, in order to try and solve this problem. So there are going to be obstacles where it's like, just because you see it on the screen doesn't mean a print-on-demand printer can actually put it onto paper. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Even though it, that should be kind of like the thing that they do, not. they don't. It's not. It's, so, it's not even close. And there's going to be times, too, there's another thing, if you work off of standard color... I should have set up a panel on nothing but this. Because I could just vent for hours about the stupidity of it. So if you want to print something and you're going to use standard color, you can't have more than 240% ink. What that means is there's four different plates going into effect. All told, they can't equal 240%. An offset printer can do 400%. So you're barely using half the ink on a full-color job. Why? No. It's it's a digital printer. It's a hardware limitation. Yeah. I think it's got something yeah. to do with like the speed of the printer and everything else like this. And if they put it's, on too much ink on this paper, it's, it's going to smudge. It's because those don't use separate plates. Uh, well, there you go. It, yeah. Okay. Like, so, because I actually kind of know about this. Um, so, um, those will be, like, they're essentially laser jet printers. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have a laser jet printer, you've got four, essentially, vats of little pieces of plastic which is what laser toner is. It's tiny little granules of plastic, and a laser melts it, and it drops it onto your thing. If you have more than 240% coverage, stuff won't dry before it gets to the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's, it becomes a Literally problem. Literally it. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a major hurdle. Like, I, I worked on uh, doing the graphic design for Craig Campbell's book, Die Laughing, and the color of the blood on the book, because it's a horror game, so it had a lot of blood. Um, oh, red's a problem. <laughs> red is a red's huge a problem. problem. It's very particular. And when it came down to it, you know, Craig had forgot to tell me that he wanted to use standard color. So we weren't able to get the color of red that we had already given in the PDF and everything like this. And it's when you look at the book, it's a dramatic difference between the red that's on the cover and the red. So there are limitations to print-on-demand printer. In all honesty, if you're going to use it, I recommend just go black and white. That's black, not black an and issue. white's great. Black and black white, and white works awesome. very well. If, if anything, you just have to do some minor kind of image correction because something comes out a little too dark than you would like. But start with black and white and then kind of graduate your way to color and keep several stress balls and whatever kind of drug it is that you need to get through the day because you're going to use it. And yeah, and there, then pray for the best. There's a lot of detail in print publishing and that's a whole nother panel um mm-hmm. but yeah like we could go into the the difference between uh pure black and rich black 
because those are two different, very, two very, very different things. I see somebody nodding out. And it's like, I know <laughs> I've seen that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the difference between offset and like laser and digital printing, um, the, yeah, differences are huge. Why red is such a problem. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, the difference between RGB color and CMYK color. Yeah. It's, it's light versus ink. That's, that's the basic of it. Uh, Shane, did you have anything on, uh, yeah. on POD? Um, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. As, as far as POD printing goes, <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, what was the topic? <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty particular about it. Like, I've had good luck with it when I've used it. Um, ask people. Ask people yes. who have done POD printing, like, who they used, what they liked. Um, yeah. And, and, like, yeah. I don't like Lightning Source for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they have paper that I like. That's yeah. that's a big thing for me, yeah. right? Like their their standard paper is super thin, yeah, super thin, and everything shows through. Drives yeah, me crazy. Amazon's is actually really starting to, to come up. Um, and what are they called now? They're called Kindle Direct, I think. And <laughs> whatever they are, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, you they, know. they rebrand every ten minutes. Yeah, they do. It's so, it's just like oh, we've got a new product. It's like this is the same product you had five years ago. Yeah. But I mean, like, I've actually been finding, you know, like, very successful, um, you know, work off of them to the point that as I use Amazon to do the POD printing on all of my quote-unquote retail copies. So the copies of my book that I'm selling here at Breakout were done through Kindle Direct. Um, and they're much easier to use. And they have this thing where if you're having trouble, there's a person who will get back to you or a really advanced bot. I don't care. Someone's giving me answers. <laughs> so it's, you know, but also too, then once you have everything done and set up, you're able to set up something, you know, in the Kindle store and the Amazon store and everything else like that, which is another way to kind of branch out into the market. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of publishers really like nerding out about the printing things that they've had to learn. Um, me, for one. Well, I'm not um, nerding out. I'm stressing out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I nerd out. Like, my wife is a print designer, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. so like, I, I, I have it kind of from all sides. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have, like, an advantage on that front. I'm like, hey, what does this mean? She's like, I don't know, but I can ask our pre-press guy, who is the guy who knows what those things are. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, I will completely talk somebody's ear off of it if you ask me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I know that we've uh, talked a few uh, specific resources uh, down so far, uh, the Adobe Capture. Yeah, Capture's well. awesome. <laughs> uh, so, did, uh, did y'all have any specific suggestions for publishing, publishing resources when working on a tight budget that we could talk about here? Yeah. Um, Go. No, you start. <laughs> um, yeah, look at, like, the library is amazing. Library has all of the resources, right? You get graphic design books, books on like your preprint publishing, books on like uh, things about rates, right? Go to the library or, you know, go to the bookstore and hang out and sneak a peek at whatever these books are um, if you need sort of those, those pieces of information, right? Um, the publishers are, are, are yeah. very, Handy. Yeah. <laughs> other even, publishers. Even hitting up other publishers. Yeah. And no, like, it's seriously, all of, all, most of the stuff that I know, like, came from sitting down and say, hey, can I ask you some questions? 
who did you use for this? Yeah. What what might you expect to pay for this? Yeah. Right? Like, this is like, how, how do you put a budget together? Yeah. Right? Like, Jeff Tidball put together an entire spreadsheet of, like, here's how to publish a game. Yeah. Here's, here's what your budget looks like. Here are the percentages that you need to expect to not make in yeah. money that you expect need to expect to pay out. Um, there's tons of resources. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of finding them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, big brushstroke artwork like this, right, on some, uh, some wide margin pages will drastically increase your page count keep some extra visual interest and people won't notice that you're not that you've only bought three or four pieces of full page artwork um, do people favors mm -hmm. yeah yeah my big thing is just ask honestly there there are people whether you think somebody is uh, you know new to the industry it doesn't mean that their uh, uh, opinions on the way people treat them, the way people work with them. It's important to be talking to people, whether you are a seasoned veteran, you should know how new people are being, are what what influences and what things they're noticing, because that should have an indication, that should, you know, indicate something. But um, just making sure that you reach out. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Some people are just gonna say, I don't have an answer for you, or I can't answer that. The worst thing you're going to get is a no. That's fine. If anything, yeah. you're going to get good information that's going to help you along the way. So. You know what's more likely? They're like, I don't know, but yeah. come over and meet this other yes. person who does yeah. know, and you should talk to them. Yes. And it turns out there's somebody also super important. Correct. Or yeah. not, but like mm -hmm. super know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, networking is basically like a, a spider web effect. Is this, It just starts with one little connection and everything branches out from there. So, I mean, like, at the very least to say, if you feel you don't know any other publishers, here's the table up front. Surprise. Yep. You know, Hi, I'm Tim. And then it starts from That's there. Todd. Because we all started with Cheyenne. not knowing a damn thing. Bronwyn. And we had to get help from other people, you know, and, that, and there's very much this mentality of paying it forward. It's not competitive by any nature. I mean, it's maybe a little competitive. Eventually, we're all jealous of it's someone only, else's it's, success, yeah, it was, yeah, it's 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 jealousy. It's not competitiveness. Yeah. It's okay. Like, there we go. Well, I'm right. so yeah. pleased that he yeah. did that. Yeah. But oh, why didn't I think too. of that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, every individual success is another door that opens up for yes. the rest of us. Yes. And so the the better that other people are able to do, the more things that are able to get out there a competitive market is built on having competition mm -hmm. you know so it's just give it a shot and get out there the odds of you getting an email that says leave me alone are slim yeah like almost non-existent you may get a i don't have time to have this conversation but here's somebody else or here is a time i can yeah you're not you're not going to get many yeah. those and i mean really just put something out Put whatever it is that you can with whatever tools you have. A Word document is still a published document. That's true. You know, something is better than absolutely nothing. And then the more you try and the more, if the fire continues to burn in you, then you just keep trying you just keep pushing yourself more and more. Um, you know, there are some people who I've met over the years who would just be like, I've always wanted to make a game and I've always wanted to, to do this and do that. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that they if they actually get to finishing something, and they're like, I never want to do that again, and I hold you responsible for bringing me to this point. Okay, 
well, now you know. Mm-hmm. But there are those who will say, I did it, and I hate myself for it, but I want to do more, and I want to do better. And then that just drives you to learn from what you did before, you know, because we all got to that point. That's how you become panelists at conventions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly yeah. how you get there. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Cool, cool. Um, are there, like, any, any specific um, pieces of technology or programs uh, that, you, that you suggest somebody, like, could, could make best use of for working on a budget? Oh, man. So if you're into doing card games, there's a tool called Paperize, which I'm a super big fan of. Uh, it's on Patreon. Uh, it's by a group that call themselves Oil and Rope Games. And I met uh, I met one of the guys at Origins. He was like a friend of, an old gamer friend of mine from Atlanta. They're like, hey, yeah, we're working on this thing. I'm like, that sounds cool. Eventually I went over and looked it up. I'm like, oh, this is some really cool tech. You uh, take spreadsheets and essentially make card games out of them. Right, like it parses the spreadsheet into some visual layout stuff, and it's super easy to use. And uh, that was years ago that I met him, and like it was it was a cool program then. And I'm like, okay, so here's my wish list. I want this to integrate directly with Google Sheets. I want these other features. And guess what? That's all there now. So now it interacts directly with Google Sheets. I can just go click, 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 click upload a bunch of images, drop those things in, boom, print out a card game. Done. It's amazing. Um, And I met this guy randomly through a really super old friend that I hadn't seen in ages. But yeah, that's, it's, it's not pro level stuff, but it will complete a prototype, which is kind of what it's for. Um, InDesign will do all of that and then bags and bags of chips, uh, but it also costs 20 bucks a month at least. Um, there are essentially free alternatives to all of the Adobe software apps. If you are Scribus. Scribus is there. Uh, there's one called Inkscape, which is an Illustrator analog. Oh, okay, yeah. um, I have a copy of Acorn, which is something I use because it's a lot faster than Photoshop. But like all my fingers are still trained to Photoshop key shortcuts, yeah. so. <laughs> but like I, don't, I also don't do much of photo editing anymore. Um, if you're going to be working with other people, InDesign is kind of the deal for making books. It just is. If you're working on your own, Scribus is great if you want to take the time to learn it. Um, Jason Pitt knows Scribus inside out and out, and he's super happy to talk to people too. He's, he's <laughs> You know what I love about this industry? At no point in time have I ever heard anybody say, Quark Express. That's because Quark stopped Nobody's being... Nobody's ever said that Yeah, no. Nobody. Like, Quark stopped being used in, like, 1996 because it just wouldn't run on computers anymore. Mm-hmm. I learned like, it in school 10 years ago, and they decided to teach us that over InDesign first. Yikes. Three semesters of Quark, one semester of InDesign. Fire that school. Yeah, that right? school is fired. That, that program's actually that, shut down. That school is fired. <laughs> 10 years. 2010. Nobody uses it. Nobody used it, like, after, like, 2000. I still use it. Yeah, well, you probably had it for free, right? Yeah, it's because you had, you still had it for free and didn't want to put out for InDesign. I could tell you stories about trying to draw a circle in Quark Express. <laughs> you probably know all the stories already. That's another panel. Yeah, that's for next. That's year. a different panel. <laughs> it's, it's just you two that show up for that panel. 
Yeah. Just cry in each other's shoulders. That's just a support Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing in time? Uh, we have about uh, seven minutes before Q&A. Yeah. You guys have about five minutes before Q&A. Cool. Q&A. Cool. Um, any other final comments before we uh, solicit from these folks? Um, I do want to just echo Todd, and I know you feel the same way. Put stuff out. Even I, my, the game that I mentioned at the beginning that I can make for a dollar eighty, Fool's Journey. I have this grandiose vision of what an actual book with a tarot deck that goes with it looks like. I know what it is. I'm so happy my game is out there. People play it. I that is the game. People come back to me over and over and say that game is awesome. Thank you so much for putting it out. Stuff like that. I'm probably never going to get to do the book and the tarot deck, and that's fine. So. Put stuff out if you have ambitions to make it better after time. That's fine. People in this industry love to see you get to do the things you want to do. And especially as you make friends in the industry, it's a lot of, oh, good. Oh, yay, you're doing the the big version of that. That's awesome. I will help support you. I will put the Kickstarter up. I will do that sort of stuff. Put stuff out. Yeah. There's no such thing as nobody ever wants to try this game. It's maybe a matter of there aren't as... There aren't enough people that want to try the game. <laughs> they can't convince their friends. Or That's different. There's, or there's simply so many out there that they simply can't find the game. Yeah. You know, that's more of a marketing issue than anything else. But at no point in time is it where, wow, absolutely nobody wants anything to do with this game whatsoever. And in fact, they have book burning parties to basically <laughs> torch my game on site. Huh. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that's weird. That doesn't happen. Let me yes. let me give you like here's 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 the ultimate pro like RO like secret ROI of like putting your games on a website. If you have three games on a website, you will have more games out than an NYU student who's working on their MFA in game design, graduating, having paid fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year to get a degree. You will have at least as many games as they do. Free. <laughs> or not free, but tight budget, sure. I, I came across a really cool one. Like, I went to an escape room playtest, and um, one of the designers from this class uh, had a game called Resistor, and it's all about sort of like cyberpunk, and you draw on your arm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's so yeah. cool! It's so cool! And I really want to play this game. Very interesting. I really want to play this game. Awesome. You know, uh, on the on the topic of be, being able to find players, like I have put out some really terrible pieces of work that I've just not wanted to look at ever again. But in the moment, I was always able to find players for them because people, nobody knows it's bad yet. People yeah. are willing to give things a shot, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's true. Nobody knows your game is bad. They have to play it first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're only selling the concept, <laughs> and then you're like, and you can help me help this game be better yes. by playtesting it. Yeah, yes. it's great. Please. <laughs> All right, Everybody's well. tricking everybody. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I figure now's a good opportunity to open up the floor. Um, did anybody have any specific questions they'd like to uh, put towards our panelists here? I'm oh, sorry, it's a question just uh, back to what you suggested about the program, the spreadsheet that is better than the game. What's the name of it? Oh, it's called Paperize. Paperize. Yep. P A P E R I Z E. And you can find it on Patreon. You were talking coverage earlier? <clears throat> well, I guess the laser versus... Like, uh, in coverage, yeah. 
because it's all the limitation being the dots per inch, basically. It's it's of. yeah, it's less dots per inch, and it's kind of just like the mechanics of like how that machine lays ink down. And there'd be spaces, of course, between everything that you wouldn't find in an offset printer. Uh, not necessarily. Microscopic ones. Yeah, no, like that's that's more an inkjet thing, and even that that's that's barely true anymore. Okay. Yeah, like we, yeah, everything's pretty. Like you can get home printers that cost a hundred dollars that do six hundred DPI printing, right. which right. yeah, you're not, nobody's noticing that. Right. Nobody's noticing that. A lot of it has to do with the paper and. Um, Making sure that your computer is set to tell the printer what kind of paper you're set, like printing to, right. because that will actually make the difference. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I'm just printing on like cheap, like 50 uh, GSM paper, which is like the super floppy, right. like cheap copy paper, as opposed to, uh, you know, something as heavy as cardstock, like the way it gets absorbed is going to be super different. And it, whether or not it's laser or whatever, like, there's so many factors that go into, like it's a, it's an it's an entire another panel, but it's really complex. Yeah. So you have to use all that expertise in a prototype because you show it to the client and they say that, that that's perfect, and so at least you have the settings right. Nope, no, no, yeah, no, don't worry about that for a prototype. No. Yeah, prototypes can look like prototypes need to be usable, yeah. and like don't 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 make them so ugly that they interrupt. The, the like the game, right? right? But like nobody expects doneness in a prototype. And often like I yowl about doneness because I do a lot of like uh, board game judging and things that look finished, I'm like, oh dear. And, I, and like my expectations just go way down like right off the bat because I'm like, you spent all this time and I hope your game is any good at all. Right, like it, it tells me, it suggests to me that they've put the the author has put their energy in the wrong place. Right. So, and that's 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 my view on it. Not everybody is, has that same view, but that's certainly my take on it. And that's an example of a human being able to answer a question about printing, which is something that drive through can't seem to do. <laughs> I'm your resident human computer interface. That's right. uh, do you guys have? Can you guys give any advice or share some of your experiences with uh, digital distribution, like hosting PDFs and pay for, pay for a PDF? Yeah. Like being able to sell on your own site? Yeah. Uh, no, I have no experience in that because that seems to imply coding. Have you done that? No. All of our stuff is on drive-thru. Awesome. I have super done this. It's a pain in the butt. Um, but there are tools that make it less of a pain in the butt. Um, if you are selling role-playing game-focused things, uh, DriveThruRPG is kind of awesome. Yep. It's pretty easy. Itch.io is another one yeah, that's really yeah. starting to come to light. Yeah. also going to mention yeah. itch. Because uh, there's a way that you can actually set it up yes. so that you're doing it directly through your site. Well, at least the illusion that you're doing it directly through yes. your it's site. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's something I've only just started playing with, but it's also very intuitive mm -hmm. and you can go ahead and you can determine how much you're going to give itch.io yeah you know yeah. as commission mm -hmm. and if yeah. you want to basically say no, i'm not going to give you nothing they're like excellent thanks yeah. for coming sure. on board yeah. you know so as far as those go i would super strongly recommend itch if you're on the like i'm on a shoestring budget and i drew yes. these things myself because people expect that there yeah like yeah. it's it's about 
indie games. Yes. And you're going to find your audience, like the audience that goes there comes with an expectation, oh, I might get something that's hand-drawn and like this video game that sort of like looks like <laughs> nonsense spaghetti jumping around a screen and yeah. be like, cool, I'm into that. You made a game. Yes! Yeah. As opposed to yeah. drive through RPG where be like, what was this thing that I just paid money yeah. for? Right? drive through is going to want... Yeah. Like, they don't curate, but, like, the audience that purchases there is going to expect more production value. Yes. Um, so, as far as, like, that goes, itch for one. Like, it'll, like you can do on both, yeah. right? Like, they're both great. I haven't mm-hmm. used itch yet, but it's, it's, it's on my list of things to get to. Yeah. Um, I've also hosted my own um, using some free software that linked up to PayPal, and that worked fine. Um... It is. It comes with other overhead um, in terms of the accounting. Like drive-through is super easy, yes. right? Because they will take taxes. They will just hand you a check that has nothing but like a 1099 attached to it. You're done. Great. If you're on like hosting your own, setting up your own shopping cart software, and it's actually not too hard to do. Um, you get all of that money saved for a PayPal cut. You also have to deal with sales tax. You also have to deal with the accounting that goes with sales tax and like a certificate of authority for your local area. You have to be making sure that you're tracking where are your customers coming from. Because in the US where I live, you only collect sales tax for your local your locality or wherever you do business. And for me, that's just New York. So I only sales collect sales tax along New York. It's not that hard, and it's very, very doable, and you'll learn a lot by doing it, but it's a lot to do. And but it's, it's you still require, have to do it. Yeah, and if it's going to require any kind of login or password where you have to save some kind of information whatsoever, you've just now opened up Pandora's box. Because now, with the European Union, yeah. and even then, too, up in Canada to a lesser oh, extent. God. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, that, and that's yeah. before yeah. GDPR, right? Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what GDPR is, there's a lot of Googling ahead of you. It's exciting, and it deals with privacy laws and international privacy laws. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of other ways around it. I mean, gaming is basically very much like the music industry in that there are people out there who want to only listen to puppies playing banjos. Not a lot. But there are people out there that want to listen to that. I know some of those people, actually. Yeah, see? There yeah. you go. See, I, I might know the people. It's a growing market. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's you growing. Know, so, you know, that, there's always going to be something. It's simply a matter of putting it out there in a platform that people are going to be able to find. And, and then tell is, people about yeah. it. Tell yeah. people about it. Yeah. Yeah, brag to the people yes. you know. Itch is also really starting to make a point. They're starting to realize that there is a potential market in there for these kind of indie games. Yeah, they're totally and they're really super getting behind seeking it. it out. Yeah, they yeah. they very much want to get you know people on board. I really want to see a bunch of like spaghetti arm waving, like jumping around a screen, but like in printout tabletop format. You guys got that right. That's what I want to see. So if somebody's got that, yeah, hook me up. It's you. Yeah. Um, is is are there areas when you're talking about trying to arrange the like getting labor and favors and finding people to help you with stuff? Are there certain areas that are uh, more difficult to find people, or that there's a, a bigger need for those kinds? Yeah, I can do this one real quick. 
So yeah, right about the time. Uh, I haven't ran into anything yeah, like that. No, you yep. just talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Just meet meet a lot of people. Yeah. Like that's it. Socialize at cons when you go. Yeah. Networking is just meeting people. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all. Like asking them what they do. Talk on yeah. Twitter a lot. And we're getting kicked out. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank Let's get kicked out. I want to thank everybody for uh, taking Woo. the time here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you.